Welcome to The Productivity Show, the Asian efficiency podcast dedicated to helping you make the most of your time, attention, energy, and focus. In this episode, Brooks and I talk about journaling, the topic of this month's featured dojo training module. We talk about the many benefits of journaling and explain how you can implement a journaling habit effectively. If you've ever tried to journal consistently but couldn't make it stick, or never really understood why you should journal in the first place, this episode is for you. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 154. And now, on with the show. All right, today we're going to be talking about a topic which we haven't covered in a very long time, despite it being one of the most popular topics, I think, that we talk about at Asian Efficiency, and that is journaling. The last episode that we internally did on journaling was back in episode two, I believe, which was Zach and Aaron, and it's still one of the most downloaded episodes for the podcast, but we figured that since it's been so long since we gave the official Asian Efficiency perspective... On journaling, it was definitely time to revisit this. So, Brooks and I are going to be talking about journaling today. You ready to go, Brooks? I'm ready. If you had told me a couple of years ago that someday I would be talking about journaling on a podcast, I would have thought you crazy. But uh, I'm all in now. So yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. One of the things that I wrote down in the outline is uh, who should journal, and I put everyone because I think that there's a stigma associated with journaling that people think it's kind of I don't know what the term would be, not necessarily woo-woo kind of mystical or out there, but it's kind of something that there's no real hard benefit for it. Uh, But if you do it consistently, it's one of those things that can have significant emotional, psychological impact. Uh, And so this is something that I know I've kind of poo-pooed in the past and like, oh, I don't really need to do that. But yeah, I definitely am completely on board as well. When did you start journaling, Brooks? It's funny you ask that. I just went to uh, my journaling app, which we'll be talking about in a while, I'm sure, because I was curious. And so I have uh, 856 entries going back to January 2012, but it was very sporadic and unstructured. So I've been doing it regularly since uh, January 2015. And actually, that Productivity Show episode uh, that you referenced, one of the one of the first Productivity Show episodes, that was actually really helpful for me. Uh, in doing my journaling practice. So I've been doing a couple of years now. (laughs) Nice. So you were one of the original converts. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I I have to confess that I have not been doing it consistently uh, since January 2015. Sounds like maybe maybe you have. Uh, This is one of those things that I find myself having to come back to over and over again. But the, the reason that we're talking about this today is that Dojo member Brandon Wintland just put together a phenomenal dojo module on journaling. And so a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today, that's actually the source of this information. Uh, and I, I am all in. It's, it's part of my, my 12-week year thing. Uh, I actually recently bought this, this journal. It's called a self-help journal. I believe the website is selfhelp.co. And it's a, essentially a, a 12-week year moleskin that you write down not only your your 12-week year goals and then breaking that down week by week, but also there's a daily part where you plan out your entire day and uh, you identify the habits that you want to create. 
And this is one of those things that when I viewed this module, uh, again, like I had been doing this kind of off and on, and I do it more often than I don't now, but when I viewed the module, I, I just fully understood for the first time, I felt like the importance of journaling. And uh, this is something that I am actually tracking now as part of my 12-week year to make sure that I do this every single day. Nice. And it's funny that you say that about the stigma. Uh, I was I was, I was was brave. Uh, I was speaking a couple months ago at the National Association of Professional Organizers uh, conf- annual conference, and I was talking about productivity, productivity stuff. And I mentioned on there that a benefit that I use is for journaling. It's something that I do, blah, blah, blah. I got into it of many of the things we're going to talk about today. And <laughs> so it was a little... Uh, it was a little vulnerable talking about that up on stage and instead in front of a big conference. Uh, and you know, some of my friends were kind of teasing me about it, but other people were say, were saying, Oh, I'm so glad you talked about that because I do the same thing or I want to start doing that too. So it's something not a lot of people talk about, but it has a lot of benefits, which we're obviously going to talk about. Yeah. And, and kind of the, the thing that really kind of cemented this for me is, uh, in addition to Brandon's dojo module, I've recently read uh, 10% happier by Dan Harris. And that kind of gets into the whole topic of meditation and, uh, the benefits of meditation and of journaling are, are they're somewhat the, the, the same. They're, they're similar in that they help you understand what is actually going on in your life so that you don't fall victim to the fight or flight response which in the past when we were uh, fighting woolly mammoths and trying to find our next meal and stay alive and not be eaten by predators uh, was a good thing. But uh, now in uh, Western society, especially where we uh, have a lot, of, a lot of comforts and those sort of risks aren't prevalent anymore, uh, the, the fight or flight response is still there and it gets triggered a lot of times by situations that if you were to able, if you're able to achieve some distance, you would be able to see like that's really not the appropriate response in this particular situation. So uh, I believe that this is one of those things, one of those bookends that can really make you happier. Brandon talks about that in the uh, the dojo uh, module. And one of the quotes that he shares by Alex, I believe it's Econ. Uh, I don't know how to s- pronounce his name, but he's the creator of the five-minute journal. He says that journaling is the simplest, most effective thing you can do every day to be happier. And I really like that because there's a lot of different things that go into that. There's a lot of different factors. And in fact, uh, we can talk about that uh, next. I see you've got highlighted there the, the link that I found to the Huffington Post article about the different benefits of journaling. Uh, but all of these things compound to produce happiness in your life. So that's that's the if you were to sum up, why should I journal? It's because it's going to make you happier. But maybe let's dive into now some of the specific benefits. Yeah. So one of the one of the benefits that that we have listed is that doing journaling increases your IQ. I'm not exactly sure uh, how that happens, but uh, there's been reports. There's one in the in the article, which I'm sure we'll put in the show notes. Uh, the University of Victoria, which is right near where I live, said that writing as a part of language has a positive correlation with intelligence. And it, I guess it kind of makes sense in a way because as you're as you're using language, as you're trying to express what it is that you want to say, uh, you know, that obviously has has benefits. Yeah, definitely. And and you make a good point. We're not going to dive into the medical explanation for all of these things. <laughs> uh, we'll put the link in the show notes of the Huffington Post article 
but there's been a ton of research by people that are a lot smarter than us on what is happening scientifically when you journal. Uh, but yeah, number one, it's going to increase your IQ. Uh, number two, it's going to increase your mindfulness. This is the big one for me is just recognizing what is actually happening to me throughout my day. I found that when I journal at night, I can process what happened in my day. And I find that, you know, actually maybe a lot more good happened than bad. But when that one bad thing happens, even if it's not really that bad, that's the thing that I tend to latch onto and think about. And that's what really eats at me. Uh, and so when you're able to just process all of this stuff, it can actually help you see things the way that they, they are, and it can help you be more present in the, in the specific, in, uh, in the current situation, because you're not trying to rehash and rethink, oh, what if I had done this? What if I had said this? Uh, you can just kind of let it go. Like it's, it's happened. It's in the past. Now let's move forward. And how do we make the most of the present situation? That's kind of how I define uh, the mindfulness piece. Yeah, it forces you or maybe forces the wrong words since nobody's forcing you to do anything as far as journaling is concerned. But as you're laying out in a kind of factual factual way what has been going on that day, it kind of makes you look at things in a more balanced, balanced way and kind of dispassionate in a way where you can really see, OK, there is these things that happen, but there's these other things that can happen. And as you're kind of going through them, it yeah, it just it just helps you look at things in a more balanced way. Yeah, uh, I think David Allen would define it as responding appropriately. And he uses the example of mind like water. I think that journaling is a big piece to being able to respond like that. We're not overreacting and you're not underreacting. If something really is a big deal, you do want to have a strong response. But if but you what you don't want is something not to be a big deal. And you have that strong response uh, because you can make a bigger deal about of things that really aren't that big a deal. And especially if you're uh, if there's relational aspects to that, uh, there can be ramifications that you wouldn't have necessarily had to deal with. Third thing is that it can help you achieve your goals. I've noticed this in the journal that I've been using with the, by the, the the best self company. I keep messing up that that name, but mm-hmm. uh, part of the the daily plan is that they have you write down your goal. Uh, and just, just so you, that you see it over and over and over and over again. But when you journal your goals, you see those things over and over and over again. It, it becomes internalized. Uh, there was research done, and this is in the rituals course by the British Journal of Psychology, I believe. And it, it showed that uh, the people who wrote down their goals were three times more likely to achieve them. And I think that that, uh, that uh, effect is actually compounded when you see it over and over and over again, because you can write it down, but then if you never look at it again, you never reference it, you can quickly forget what your goal actually was. Yeah. And for me, I also, and it it depends how you journal, of course, but for me, I, I also kind of use my journal as a way to talk about what I'm going to do in the day. And so that's helpful too, because listing out the, I don't list out everything I'm going to do, but kind of the big rock, so to speak, uh, but even just by listing it out, it helps make sure that you're thinking about what you're going to do that way that will contribute towards your goal. Yeah, definitely. Next one here is that it helps develop emotional intelligence. Uh, emotional intelligence is one of those buzzwords that maybe people don't really understand what it actually means. <laughs> and we could do several episodes uh, specifically on the topic of emotional intelligence. Maybe we should do that at some point. But uh, in a nutshell, what emotional intelligence is are all of the factors that have nothing to do with your IQ that are going to determine whether or how successful you're going to be both personally and professionally. So 
this is another another term that would fall underneath the emotional intelligence umbrella would be something like soft skills, which people talk a lot about things like your your attitude or your professionalism or your resilience, which we did a podcast episode on. Uh, those are things that would fall under emotional intelligence. It's not necessarily the the book smarts, but uh, recognizing what has happened to you throughout your day and then journaling about those things, helping you process those things correctly. Uh, if you do that over and over again, that actually develops your emotional intelligence so that when you're in a particular situation, when you're in a moment where that fight or flight response maybe in the past would have been triggered, if you've developed your emotional intelligence, you can actually short circuit that and you can catch yourself before you respond inappropriately. Yeah. And it's, again, kind of talking about what we talked about with the mindfulness, it can be really helpful to just put that effort into laying it out. And when when you do lay that out, and it's not to say your journal has to be this big outpouring of emotions that, again, it really depends how you how you use a journal, but uh, just just getting it down on paper or digitally, however you want to do it, really, really can help you process it and and move past things. Absolutely. And the, the process of writing those things down, that actually leads into the next point. Uh, it boosts your memory and your comprehension. And I believe that is because unless you are live, uh, live blogging your life, I guess, <laughs> you know, you're recording things as they are actually happening. What you do if you, if you journal at the end of the day, for example, is you have to think through everything that happened and then you have to synthesize that into a couple of sentences or a couple of paragraphs, however you want to uh, to journal, but you're not going to get every single detail. So just training your brain to go back and, and recollect what exactly happened, you do that over and over and over again, and that will actually boost your brain's ability to remember those events and the detail that was, uh, was with them. Yeah, we're going to talk about this later, I'm sure, but this is where... It's one thing to get information down in your in your in your journal that that's one thing, but this is where going back and looking at your journal can be really really helpful. Yep, yeah, you're right. We will definitely be sharing some of the the tips that Brandon had mentioned in the uh, the dojo module um, about about that in a little bit. Uh, the sixth thing here is that it strengthens self discipline. Uh, and again, we're not going to give you the scientific explanation for this, but if I had to theorize, I would say that uh, if you know that at the end of the day, you're going to be able to process these things, you don't feel like you have to act out in the moment so much. And what that means is that uh, you have the self-discipline or the restraint to respond appropriately. And the more that you do that, the more that you're able to journal and get those things out and recognize that this actually happened and here's here's the impact that it had. Uh, and you, you feel good about it, but you don't negatively impact the relationships that you have. Uh, the more that you do that, the, the more you recognize that that is the correct way to handle the specific situation. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's like any other ritual when you, when you have that ritual and you are able to stick with it, uh, that just helps build that, that muscle. Yep. Uh, and then the next one here, which I believe this is number seven, uh, is that it improves your communication skills. So this makes sense. If you're going to sit down and you're going to write in your journal, the process of writing is going to make you a better writer. And uh, even if you don't aspire to be a writer, uh, when you are writing, you are essentially transcribing the words that are in your head. So whether your communication is verbal or nonverbal, the process of doing this every single day will actually make you a better communicator. Yeah. And if you're somebody, 
for whom written English or written whatever your language is, you don't feel that you're a quote unquote good writer, don't let that be a, a barrier to you. The important thing is that you do it, but the more you do it, the better this will get. Yep, absolutely. Repetition and practice just makes you uh, makes you better. Uh, the next one here, which I think is number eight, is that it promotes emotional, physical, and psychological healing. And uh, I, again, not professing that this is mm-hmm. the case, but my theory here is that I'll just speak from my own personal experience that uh, typically before I was in the habit of journaling, uh, and actually I've used another application recently to uh, called Mood Notes, which uh, just prompts me at different times throughout the day. In fact, it's prompting me right now. It's asking me essentially, like, how do you feel right now? Uh, and recognizing how you feel and why you feel that way is important. Uh, in the past, what I would have done is I would have suppressed that stuff and it would have, it would have kept it bottled up inside until I got home and then something wasn't quite right at home and then I would uh, go off on my wife or my kids. And that's not obviously fair to them. It's not what I want because I don't want to hurt the people that are closest to me. But if I never process these things, then the healing can't take place. And so the journal allows me to get that stuff out. And just by getting it out, that that healing starts to happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the best person to talk about this because in the dojo Slack, my little emoji beside my name is a robot. Uh, so that kind of tells you something, but, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, but, um, uh, yeah. And, and also getting it out, get, you know, whatever it is pro or con, uh, getting it out kind of externalizes it. It makes it something, something, uh, not just inside you and not so tied in with you, but it's this, it's this this external thing that once it's, it's out, it's on paper, it's, it's in your digital journal, then it's something you can kind of like hold on to and, and work with you, you, you've identified it at least. And now you have something that you can use to move forward. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Number nine is that journaling actually sparks your creativity. And this is because if you get in the habit of recording these things, You do not have these ideas and then forget about them. You have a place where you can put them down. And then later when you're going back and you're reviewing these things, you can flesh these out. You can develop these ideas that maybe you have. And like you mentioned, we're going to talk about that a little bit more uh, in a little bit. Yeah. The, uh, and the, the Huffington Post article that we, we referenced earlier, which talks about benefits from keeping a journal references this concept of morning pages and that. This is uh, something you hear over and over, just the, the benefit of sitting down and writing every day. And it doesn't matter what you're writing about. It doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece. But just that act of writing itself will eventually increase your creativity. Yep. Uh, and then the last one here is that it increases your self-confidence. And again, I kind of think that this is Uh, This is important because the tendency, if you don't journal, if you don't process what is actually happening to you, is you tend to focus not on the growth that's happened, but you focus on where you want to be your ideal, and you have no way of tracking your progress, but when you start journaling, you can look back and you can say, oh, this is what I was feeling a year ago, or this is what I was dealing with a year ago, and now if I was in that same situation, I could see the solution is simple. It's this. You You can see how much... Uh, that you've you've grown. Yeah, it's also funny to look back and see 
things that you thought were a big deal at the time, uh, you now realize, okay, that wasn't <laughs> such a big deal after all. But also just the act of of doing a journal on a consistent basis and and sh- you you just feel like you can complete something it feels you feel that you you can accomplish something even if no one something no one else ever sees uh, even just before recording this podcast i thought i would look back and see how long i had been doing it and i was actually pretty shocked to see that it had been more or less consistent i mean obviously i've missed days here and there but more or less consistent since 2015 and i was like yeah you know it kind of gave me a little boost when i saw that that this is something that i had consistently done so any little thing you can accomplish really can help build up that self-confidence yeah and it doesn't have to take a real long time that's one of the things that brandon talks about in the dojo module he gives different examples of of prompts and i have to confess that i reconsidered mine after watching the (laughs) the video that he put together uh but uh, you don't have to log everything that's happened to you in a, in a day, you just want to kind of capture the, the important points. And then when you capture the important points, then that provides the system for your measurable growth. So I would say that journaling is great because it's, it's a, it's a blank canvas. It's a flexible framework that you can use to apply it to any situation that you want. But if all you have is five minutes a day, then you can create a journaling system which allows you to do it in five minutes a day. In fact, there's the five-minute journals built on that particular concept. Um, but I would argue, again, that journaling is something that everybody should do. So obviously the next question then is, how do I actually do this? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to share a couple of uh, pillars. There's a three-pillar framework which Brandon talks about in the dojo module But before we get to those specifics, if you've never journaled before, it's really a lot easier than maybe you're making it out to be because all you really want to do is write about whatever you're thinking about. Okay, so if you're consumed with the situation that happened at work, write about it. Write about what you're feeling. Write about what you learned from the situation. Write about how you could have handled that situation a little bit better. Uh, And that's where I started was just the, the free form journaling. Uh, And I was amazed when I did start doing this regularly, how uh, at the beginning it was really tough to, to write for more than like five or 10 minutes. But after I had done it, even for just a period of a couple weeks that I would just get in the zone and I'd start writing and then I get done. And all of a sudden I've got two pages worth of (laughs) worth of notes as I was processing through this, this situation. Yeah, actually, for me, it it was quite different. I I started trying to do the free form thing. um, And I I don't know if it's just my personality or the way I am, but that just did not work for me. When I look back now, even now, looking back at those early ones, uh, I would start doing that and it just wouldn't be consistent. The, The thing that made the big difference for me was having it structured and having prompts like you you mentioned earlier. Uh, and there's an old Asian efficiency article that actually really helped me and that podcast really helped me develop and refine. I've refined it over time, obviously, but for me, it was all about the prompts. That's what really helped me. But I know many others are are the opposite. Yeah, and I should say that the, the prompts definitely helped me as well. And I use the prompts now. Uh, but at that particular point in my life, what I had decided to do, this was before I had the uh, the writing goal of, of writing my book, uh, but I would go to uh, the local Starbucks and I would uh, just bring my my iPad and I would uh, I would use a, a program. I think it was called Max Journal. It's no longer around, but 
Um, it was just something that I would use. I, I, I knew that I should be attempting to, to, uh, to do this on a regular basis. And so I just created the, the time and the space for it to, to happen. Essentially, that was my prompt <laughs> walking into the Starbucks. And uh, at that point, I wasn't the coffee snob that I am today. So I was getting the, the <laughs> fake uh, caramel macchiato. <laughs> um, but uh, that that was just my my mental cue to, OK, now I'm going to just try to be be present, even though at that point in my life, I really didn't know uh, what that what that actually meant. Um, one other thing I want to add here regarding journaling, whether you decide to use prompts or you just, or you decide to, uh, to do free form is that you want to try and keep it positive. Uh, and that is because if you were to look back at all of your journal entries, what you don't want to do is have a bunch of journal entries that say, oh, I'm so mad. I'm, I'm, I'm angry, whatever. Like you're focusing on those negative things. Uh, if you're going through something, you know, don't suppress those negative things when they happen, but also don't just focus on what is going wrong either, because that's going to make your review process a lot less effective. I would argue, uh, if you can not just look at, you know, what, what went wrong, but also what went right, you can start to see some patterns. And I think that at least for me personally, that was the, the trap was to focus on, Oh, this thing is wrong. It needs to be fixed. Uh, and if all you if all you do is look at the things that need to be fixed, you really you really can't measure your own personal growth that way. Yeah, it's like like we said earlier, you want to be factual, you want to talk about your feelings, but you want to be balanced as well. It, it's very easy to think, like we said earlier, it's very easy to think of the negative things that happened uh, in any given day, but really, even if it takes a bit more effort, try and pick out those, those positive things that happened. And, or maybe, um, you know, this negative thing happened, but dot, 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 uh, and kind of try and spin it. Because like you said, it will, it will really help you a lot more when you go to review it later. Yeah. And, and also, you know, we mentioned at the very beginning that the reason why you should journal is that it's going to make you happier. Well, a big part of that is going to be in the three pillars framework, which we'll get into now, uh, the three pillars, and we'll go through each of these pillar by pillar. We won't spend a ton of time on this because Brandon does, frankly, a much better job in the video than we can do on audio. <laughs> but the first pillar is gratitude. And one of the statistics that Brandon shares in that video is that people are 25% happier if they keep specifically gratitude journals. And this is not suppressing the negative things that are happening to you, but it is recognizing that you have a lot of things to be thankful for. Yeah, I don't, for me personally, I don't keep a quote unquote gratitude journal, but I do, uh, I found it very important and helpful as part of my journal to say, have a part that says, what am I thankful for right now? That's one of my prompts. And, and I found that because it's not something you really, something we tend to think of and focus on a lot, but, and sometimes you even have to come up with something, uh, at least for me, if I, I'll, I'll be sitting there and I'll think, okay, what am I thankful for today? Uh, and if nothing comes to mind right away, then you kind of have to dig for it. But that can be a fun exercise in and of itself is trying to think up those gratitude pieces. Yeah, uh, this is something that I like. I've had the thankfulness prompt as part of my journaling uh, workflow for a while, but part of this best self journal was uh, is that you have a gratitude piece in the morning and then also gratitude in the evening. And I've not been doing this very long, but I can already see a lot of benefit from that. Where in the morning you're already you're already 
posting what you are thankful for. And then at the end, it's essentially a, a chance to recap the things that have happened to you. Uh, but the morning piece, I think, is really important, especially as I've been trying to develop this meditation habit. A lot of the morning ritual meditations uh, or something that falls into that category are along the lines of happiness meditations. And so what it does is it kind of puts you in the right mental state for the rest of your day. And I think that that has had a significant impact in my life, even though I've only been using it for like the last week or so. Yeah. And I find also when I take the time to think of things that I'm thankful for or grateful for, I also tend to express it more to the people that I am thankful and grateful. So if, you know, one of my kids or my wife or somebody, uh, somebody on the team did something uh, that I thought was really great, I'll actually, it'll remind me, oh yeah, I sh if I didn't say it at the time, I'll, I'll loop back and mention it. So it, it kind of helps relationships as well. Definitely. Uh, and Tony Robbins says, and I think this is a very important piece, that uh, gratitude is essentially expressing appreciation over your expectation because your expectations are really just preferences for how you would like things to go. And I know that I've definitely fallen into that trap uh, where I've had an expectation for this is how things are going to go. And that's been one of the frustration points for my wife, I know, is that uh, if things don't go exactly according to the plan, then I can get frustrated because things hadn't met my expectations. But if you start from a place of appreciation, and this is kind of what I'm discovering by doing the morning and the evening gratitude, is that the appreciation essentially overrides the expectations. You no longer have to worry about things not going exactly to plan because you're just appreciative for the things that are there. You're not making value judgments on the things as they are happening. There is no good or bad. It's just uh, I'm appreciative that I have this particular thing in my life. Uh, regardless of the fruit that can come from that. Uh, and then when you express gratitude or when you focus on that appreciation, what it does is it zaps the ability for anger or fear to take over your emotions. Uh, when you're grateful, it, it's actually impossible to feel angry or, or fear because gratitude is, is so powerful that it just, it will completely override any of those, uh, those feelings where you're frustrated or you're, you're upset. Uh, when you, when you expose the, the when you expose your, your gratefulness, uh, what it does is that the positive essentially just completely wipes out the, the negative. At least that's from my own experience. Yeah. Same here. Uh, it really, it's one of those powerful emotions that uh, doesn't come natural. We don't live in a society that necessarily, well, let's, uh, let's just say it encourages anger over happiness and gratefulness. There's always things you can get upset about and outraged about, but uh, the gratitude can be more powerful if you seek it out. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And that also like the second pillar, I think that this is uh, definitely uh, related and that is perspective. Okay, so the first pillar is gratitude. The second one is perspective. And the perspective here, I'm going to try to attempt what to, to explain via audio <laughs> what Brandon does an amazing job with visually in the video. Okay, <laughs> uh, but he describes this thing which is called the gap. And what happens if you do not journal is that you know where you are and you know the ideal, but because you are always going to fall short of the ideal, when you measure against the ideal, all you see is the gap uh, or where you, you actually want to be. So you see your failure in essence. But 
when you have a different perspective, when you journal, it provides the the baseline or the benchmark for this is where I am right now, uh, then what you can do is you can not focus on where you are right now compared to the ideal, but compared to where you were. And that's going to be focusing on the gain. So hopefully that makes sense. Like I, like I said, there's a very powerful visual that Brandon created in the video, which shows that when you don't have the correct perspective, what happens is you measure the gap against the ideal or how you don't measure up. But when you have the perspective that comes from journaling, you measure against where you were and you see the growth, which obviously fosters gratitude as opposed to frustration and anger. Yeah. You mentioned this earlier, but when you go back and you see how far you've come on certain things, yeah, it, it, it can be it can be remarkable. And this becomes really, really important now because <laughs> there with you know social media and and the 24-7 news cycle and and all the all the stuff, how connected we are now is great in a lot of ways, but it's bad in the sense that you just have so many more people to compare yourself to. Back in back in the old days, well, I'm I'm old, so back in my old days, uh, you know, you're really only comparing yourself to people that you knew in your town, and then there'd be celebrities, but you don't really compare yourself to them because it's just such a different thing. But now you're seeing people who are just like you doing X, Y, Z, and you just have so many people to compare yourself to. So anything that can help battle against that uh, is really, really important. Yeah, you bring up a, a good point when you're comparing yourself to, to other people, because in today's society, there's a very real thing, which I'll just call the Facebook effect, <laughs> where especially on Facebook, people tend to portray the very best version of themselves. And so you go on Facebook and you see all of these quote unquote friends, you know, you have a thousand friends, although you haven't talked to any of them in real life in several years. And you see what they are projecting as the very best of their life. And then you know that your own life, you don't, it's not all puppies and rainbows. It's not all happy all the time. And so you get dissatisfied with your current situation because all you're seeing from Facebook is how much better everybody else has things. When that's not really the correct perspective either. That's what they're portraying, but that's not the reality of the situation. So perspective is very, very important. So we got gratitude as a first pillar, perspective as a second pillar, and then the third pillar is reflection. And this is the piece that helps you actually see things the way they are. Uh, and Brooks, you had mentioned in the, the Slack channel that Brandon's getting a lot of love in this journaling <laughs> podcast. Uh, that is because I don't want to take credit for any of this stuff. This is <laughs> this is mostly him. But uh, he also had some scheduling conflicts, so he was not able to come on the podcast, unfortunately, this time. But I know that he wanted to. Uh, but I just want to give credit where credit is due. Yeah, for sure. And at the, at the end of this uh, episode, we'll, uh, we'll share how you can actually get access to the, the journaling module if you're interested in, in seeing some of this stuff. Uh, but the third pillar here, reflection, the story that Brandon used, which I've heard before and I think totally makes sense, is the stories of Androcles and the lion. Are you familiar with this fable? Yeah, I had heard it before. Uh, in a million years, I never would have thought of it in conjunction with journaling, but uh, I love the way he worked it in. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar with the fable, it goes something like this, and I'm probably going to mess this up, but uh, the story goes that Androcles was this guy who was hiding out in a cave and he encountered this lion who was real fierce uh, and everybody else was scared of the lion, but he recognized that the lion really was upset because it had a thorn in its paw. So 
simply by seeing the reality of the situation, he was able to remove the thorn and he and the lion actually became good friends. Later on, Androcles gets uh, gets captured, gets in trouble with the law, and so uh, they're going to feed him to the lions in the Colosseum, and the lion that gets released is the lion that he helped. <laughs> <laughs> and so obviously, happy ending all around, but the, the moral of the story is that the uh, being able to see things the way that they are, being able to see what's really happening and not just being intimidated by the loud noise of a roaring lion is really, really valuable. It can change your future. Yeah, and also... This is a good example or could almost be a cautionary tale in a way that when you're doing your journal, it's really, really important uh, to remember that your journal is not Facebook, to use your example earlier, that it's really important that you that you're honest with yourself and not writing about how you wish things were or or what you wish you were doing, but write about what is actually going on, because then that will that will help you take action and move forward. Yep, absolutely. Uh, And then also a big part of this is identifying what is causing you pain. And so not, you know, from an outside perspective, third person, but sort of, you know, looking at what has happened to you or what is happening to you and then understanding that this is the thing right here that's causing a lot of frustration and stress. If I could figure out how to solve this particular thing, then that's going to make everything else easier or maybe even unnecessary. Uh, and if you don't take the time to change your perspective, then you can just get stuck going through your day to day. And like, this is what I got to do. This is what I got to do. Just trying to finish the tasks that are on your list without ever considering like, how do I actually make this easier? Or how can I actually accomplish this with, uh, with less effort? And there's a fine line here, I think, because you don't want to like I said, constantly be looking at the negative things, but it is important to objectively look at your situation and identify those pain points so that you can uh, understand and solve them. So, yeah, so this is a perfect example, and I'm only speaking for myself here. This is a perfect example of the importance or the usefulness of having prompts because it's almost, for me anyway, it's almost like a, a neutral th- third party, which in my case is text expander, that's asking these questions and teasing it out so that I can factually answer them versus because, you know, we can be uh, for free form. And again, this is for me, we can tend to move towards the things we we want to write about, uh, which may not be what is actually happening. So that's one area where I find prompts really helpful. Yeah, that's a really good point that mental scaffolding can keep you on the, the right track. A, a good good support system uh, using prompts is I can definitely see where where that would keep you uh, on, on track. Yep. Now, you had mentioned text expander, mm-hmm. and that kind of gets into this whole analog versus digital thing. So maybe we can touch on this real quickly, share some some tools and some recommended apps and things. I know you've been mentioning some in the the Slack channel. Uh, and then we'll wrap up by talking about five tips to make the most of your journaling experience, regardless of, of what you're using. So let's talk about digital first. I know that you're a digital journal guy, correct? That is correct. Yeah. All right. So why do you prefer the digital journal? For me, just using a digital journal is is faster. Uh, I, I guess this is the 
the effect of the way I've lived my life for the many, many years, but I'm just such a much faster typer than a writer, which you could actually say is a, a con in a way, because uh, writing more slowly can help you kind of force you to think things through more. But I just find it thinking about what is more likely for me to stick with using a digital journal is 5,000% more likely that I'm going to stick with using that <laughs> than writing in a notebook. Like I just know myself and it just wouldn't happen. So I like that. Um, I don't do anything fancy that many digital apps support stuff like images, audio. I don't personally do any of that stuff. Uh, but for me, it's about convenience and just the way I'm just a digital guy. So I always have it with me. Um, and that sort of thing. That's, that's what, why I do it. Yeah, uh, I think you touched on a lot of the the pros for the digital format. Uh, one thing that Matt Ryan added in the Slack channel is that digital is searchable, which is a very good point. Mm. Um, some of the other things uh, that were on the list here uh, that digital can be more secure. I, I believe that uh, day one actually has Touch ID, or maybe I'm confusing that with Ulysses. Uh, I, I can't remember. But uh, the, a lot of digital journals have passcodes mm -hmm. uh, or things that can keep your, your data private. Um, a lot of them have references of the same date in years past. I'm not exactly sure what you would call that feature, but it is kind of nice to open up, you know, get a notification from day one saying, hey, you know, th th this time last year, this is what you were doing. A lot of photo services kind of have this sort of thing built in as well. And then, like you said, it's always with you. Now, that could also be a negative yeah. because the fact that you have it on your phone, for example, means that you can put things in there at any time. But it also means that you could have the intention of going in there to put something in and get distracted by Twitter every time. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. For me, I I have my journaling as part of my morning routine. So I it's pretty rare that I would get, or my morning ritual, I guess you'd say, uh, it's pretty rare that I would get, uh, that I get distracted by stuff, but it could definitely happen, especially if you're using a phone. Yeah. Uh, and now there's a couple of, of recommended apps here. And one, I think that's worth pointing out, uh, right now, because a lot of people are talking about it in, uh, in Slack right now is, uh, is day one. Now day one is a phenomenal app. But it recently switched over to a subscription service, yes. which I know that a lot of people are not happy <laughs> about. I was not happy about it, about it when I uh, first heard about it. Uh, because I had purchased version two, they basically grandfathered me in at the 50% discount forever. So I did sign up for the first year. Uh, I think it's $25 instead of $50. So I get all of the premium features and I'm basically going to see what they add over that time period to to kind of decide if I if I think it's worth it. I had purchased the Mac version which was I think $50, so you know $25 a year isn't isn't too bad, but really what I'm holding out for and if they if they add this it's going to be worth it if they don't I'm probably going to cancel is the ability to capture audio notes. Mm. So I've done that before in Evernote. I actually have even on my phone uh, a separate application I uh, forget what it's called. It's basically a songwriting app and it's uh, an auditory sketch pad essentially. So you can capture song ideas. Uh, and so if I was able to do that inside of day one and just have a separate journal for song ideas, I would absolutely love that. And that would make it, make it worth it in my opinion. But if you don't want to join the, uh, the subscription uh, plan, you can still use the, the, uh, the standard version 
Uh, if you had purchased it previously, I think you still get the 10 different journals, but you're not going to get some of the premium features. Like you're, there's going to be a limit on the number of images and things that you can, uh, you can sync, uh, because they don't want to load up their, their servers, which essentially is what they're paying for. That's why they're, they're charging the subscription, uh, with, uh, free people's content. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm a day one user also, uh, though I ha- and I don't know if I should admit this on on air, uh, being a member of the Asian efficiency team, but I'm actually still using day one version one. Uh, I didn't make the upgrade when it happened, uh, not for any like anger reason or anything like that, but I was just happy with with uh, with how it worked. So I I just kept on uh, and I, I sync with uh, Dropbox, I think. Uh, and it was it was fine to me. I don't really I actually don't have a problem with companies doing the subscription model. I, I would want my software makers to to stay in business. So that might be something that I think about doing at some point. A subscription for a journaling app, I guess I could see it because it's something you use every day. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I love day one. And one of the things I really like about it, and this is really silly, is I love the the geotagging features, how it captures where you are when you when you make the note. I, I love going back from time to time and just looking at the map view and just seeing <laughs> all these different places around the world. Not that I'm Mr. World Traveler or anything, but all these different pla- <laughs> all these different places that I've made my um, my journal entries. And it's just fun that you're just reminded of these different trips and these different circumstances. So I love that feature of, say, using a journaling app versus just using text files or something like that. Yeah, I never I never really got into the the geotagging. Uh, if I if I guess if I had a preference, I would just turn that off. <laughs> but uh, I can definitely see the value for for uh, for people wanting to to use that. Uh, if you don't want to use day one, if you don't want to have another subscription, then another thing that you could use if you wanted a digital journal would be Evernote. And I know you mentioned Brooks that you use Text Expander for your prompts. Uh, Brandon gave some examples of how to use Text Expander to create prompts in the Dojo module as well. Uh, but I think Text Expander plus Evernote is a very solid journaling uh, workflow. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of people use it and that if I someday decide to not use day one uh, for whatever reason, that might be an option that I go to. It's not as Karen in the Dojo Slack was mentioning that it's just not as as nice of an environment as day one is. And I, I do agree with that. So that that's one thing. It, like everything about day one and the newer versions are even better. It's just it's just so nice and conducive to journaling, which is what it's for. But I mean, obviously Evernote would do the job as well. Yeah. One of the things I do not like about Evernote is the lack of markdown support. I've just, mm, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a complete text nerd. I, I recognize that I may be an edge case, but uh, I write everything in markdown. Even my email application is mailmate. That's completely markdown driven. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, if, if Evernote added the ability to use markdown, I, I would probably use it for a lot more things, but uh, just having to use the, their their markup and their formatting doesn't really doesn't really work for me. Yeah, that's a great point. I I use Markdown in day one as well, and that would yeah be a, a massive drag if all of a sudden I use something that didn't support it. That's a great point. Yeah, and actually the Markdown formatting in day one is a critical piece to my journaling workflow, which I actually have a Launch Center Pro action 
uh, which is downloadable with the Dojo module. I shared it with Brandon and it's actually part of the module so you can download it and install it and you can start using it. But what it does is it asks you several prompts and then after you've entered all of your, your input, it takes all of that, it formats it into a markdown table and pastes it into day one automatically. So uh, it makes it real easy to go back and look at your journal entries because you've got this nicely formatted markdown table. Um, can't do that in, in Evernote. Like I said, if you want to download that, it's, it's actually part of the Dojo module. You can download it for free. Uh, one application which is on this list, which I confess I have no experience with, is an Android app for journaling <laughs> called Journey. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure. Do you, I know you've at least used an Android device uh, previously, Brooks. So have you heard of this app or uh, is there something else that you've used for Android for journaling in the past? Uh, no, I haven't used it on Android, but actually, and that was one nice thing about this journaling uh, module that uh, Brandon did is I, I wasn't familiar with Journey, uh, but it's it's not just an Android app. It's actually available on uh, Mac, Windows, and there's a web ver version as well, which is kind of nice. Uh, so no, I have I haven't used it myself. It looks really nice though. Yeah, it does. It does look impressive. Um, but like I said, I have no experience with this particular app. So that's the digital side. Now let's talk about the analog side or the physical side, because there is a case to be made for keeping a physical journal. Uh, and actually, I think that I've kind of embraced a hybrid approach when I am using this best self 12-week uh, year journal, uh, because part of the the gratitude, like the morning and evening gratitude, that's going to be part of the, the daily plan. And I'm also tracking my wins from the day in this daily plan. So what I found is that I've moved some of the things from my digital workflow into this paper-based format. And having done this for just a short period of time, I can tell you that there is something about actually writing it on the page. It makes it more real, uh, at least for me, than just typing it into, uh, into my phone. And if you use a physical journal, uh, the big benefit of this is the the negative of the, the digital journal. And that is that when you are writing in a physical journal, you are monofocused. You have one thing that you are focusing on and you're not distracted by all of the other stuff. Uh, also, when you write physically in a journal, uh, when you take analog notes per se, there's been research done that shows that you retain more of it. Uh, I cannot find uh, at this particular moment the link to the research that I found, but uh, essentially, it showed that in a college class that the students who wrote things, uh, wrote things paper, pencil, they actually retained more information than the ones that uh, typed notes. And what they found was that the people who typed notes tended to focus on getting it word for word as their professor was speaking at the front of the room. But the ones who were recording paper, pencil, they couldn't keep up. They couldn't type as fast. So they had to process these things as they were taking the notes and writing them down. And that caused them to retain quite a bit more information when it came time to take the test. And so uh, I think that if you wanted to really get into, like if you really wanted to focus on, I wanna retain the most information I can out of this reflection times, then physical uh, is actually a really good option. Yeah, um, like I said, I'm not a physical uh, journal person at all. I do have a physical notebook that I jot things down in meetings and stuff like that sometimes. Uh, so, but I definitely understand and accept all of the benefits that uh, 
and there can be just something nice about having like a really nice notebook that you're writing in. For a lot of people, they respond really well to that. And there's a lot of like, you can go pretty crazy with uh, <laughs> notebooks and pens, as we saw when, when we created the analog channel in the Dojo Slack. <laughs> you know, you can, go re- <laughs> you can go really crazy with this stuff in the best possible uh, sense of the word. So I totally understand and accept all of the benefits for it. It's not for me personally, but yeah, if, if that is what, uh, gets someone to journal if they just can't get their get into digital journals, which I totally understand. Then that's that's a great way to do it. Yeah, it was it was interesting to me, and I'm glad that you brought up the analog channel because uh, it was very interesting to see how passionate people were <laughs> on a Slack team about analog productivity. <laughs> These are obviously people who are embracing technological or digital tools in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but to see people who had such uh, such high esteem or, or fond feelings for the analog tools was uh, was was kind of not surprising, I guess. But it was uh, it was interesting to see, I guess. I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that our our dojo uh, members would be that passionate about the the analog tools. I personally really like analog tools, and I know several people who really like them as well. One of my uh, my good friends, Joe Bulig loves, uh, he, he would be right in the middle of that conversation about the very best pens. (laughs) Um, and I'm always, I'm always testing out these different, uh, different notebooks. Uh, so some of the ones that I wrote down here, and this is kind of from my, my own experience, uh, the Baron Fig notebooks are great. They've got a moleskin size one. Um, I forget exactly what it's, what it's called, but, uh, it, it opens flat and, uh, the paper is really nice and, uh, it just feels really good to, to write on that. Uh, another thing that people use all the time is those little field notes notebooks. You can stick them in your, your back pocket or whatever. Always have something with you. Uh, moleskin is probably the most popular uh, thing, but I've actually not been a fan of uh, some of the moleskin journals that I've gotten in the past. I tend to have one with me all the time to take notes, uh, but I've bought a Rhodia notebook, R-H-O-D-I-A uh, it's a moleskin size. I got it off of Amazon, though, and the paper is much, much better, in my opinion, than the moleskin paper. The the ink dries much quicker uh, in my uh, Pilot, uh, what are they, the the gel G2s, I think. Yep. And then there's a, a company called Lecterm, which makes a lot of moleskin size notebooks. They actually create, uh, they're the ones who produce the bullet journal. Um, and so that would be another thing that you may want to uh, to look at if you wanted kind of a, an analog productivity system in addition to just a journal. Uh, and then there's the aforementioned five-minute journal, which you can actually download the PDF for free, I believe, off of the website so you can see what it looks like. But there's also a physical journal that you can buy, uh, which is kind of incorporated into the best self journal that I've I've gotten, where it takes some of the, the prompts from that and it incorporates it into... Uh, planning your day and planning your your 12-week year as well. Yeah, as a left-handed person, I can tell you the Pilot G2 combined with a Moleskine is not a great combination. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) All right, so uh, there's the case for digital. There's the case for analog. Like I said, I've actually kind of embraced a hybrid approach. I know, Brooks, you mentioned that you're kind of a digital guy. Uh, but regardless of what camp you fall into, there's a couple tips that we have here, which can help you make the most of your journaling experience. So maybe let's, let's dive into these. 
Yeah, one of them is to pick a time that works for you. Some people are morning journalers. Some people are evening journalers. Some people are a combination. Uh, for me personally, I don't know about you, Mike. For me personally, I am a morning uh, journal guy. Uh, recently, I added. It, it's funny after all this love I've been giving for for prompts, I I recently wanted to get some perspective in the evening as well. So I added a free form. Uh, line at the end of them saying random thoughts for the evening and my idea was that I would do my my prompted journaling in the morning but then just kind of re have a paragraph to recap in the evenings but I have not been very consistent about that so maybe I need to do something like add a reminder or something like that if if you're somebody who's not super consistent at journaling or you need some help uh, being consistent with part of it, maybe you want to, and this is something I should probably do actually, because the morning's not a problem, but the evening part is, is have some sort of reminder system either in your task management system or built into your journaling app as well. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that I've, and I've noticed since I started using this best self journal is that by essentially having to do it twice in a day, uh, putting the gratitude at the beginning and putting the goal for the day. And then what are the things that would make today a success, knowing that I have to go back later and close that loop that actually creates more incentive to stick with it. As opposed to when I just use the journaling workflow on my phone, I would get the notification saying it's time to journal. And I just be in the middle of something and it'd be a lot easier to just say, Oh, I don't really feel like it. I'm, I'm going to skip it today. Uh, but knowing that I at least started it in the morning, uh, making me go back and, and kind of wrap that up, uh, that that's one of the things that's kind of kind of helped me to to stick with it. Um, and so I would say that uh, pick a time that works for you, and it may not be the time that you think. Hmm. Like for me, it always just made sense just do it in the evening. And then uh, when I bought this this uh, best self journal, uh, what it forced me to do was do both. Uh, and what I'm finding is that I actually really like doing it in the morning. <laughs> I actually really like that gratitude piece, uh, all coupled with the meditation habit that I've been trying to trying to form. Uh, that really just puts me in a great mental space for the rest of the day. Uh, but try some different things, figure out what time works for you, and then uh, use some reminders if you have to. So uh, there's reminders built into day one, and I'm sure a lot of different journaling applications have this sort of thing built in, but you can actually get a reminder which says, hey, it's time to to process what's been happening. Tan says he prefers the evening. <laughs> I think there's a lot of value to the evening because that's yeah. where you get a lot of the reflection piece. Uh, but I also think that the gratitude piece for me is significantly easier in the morning and it puts me in a good mental space. Yeah, I'm, I'm an, as you, as you know, after a few Austin trips, I'm an extreme morning person. So for me to do it at the evening, I know I just wouldn't have the energy to do it properly so for me personally the morning is the best time and then it kind of sets me up for the day but like you said i can see the argument for the evening as well because then you have really fresh perspective on what happened in the day yep definitely uh second tip and this really applies to uh, digital journals but that is automate what you can okay so we had mentioned text expander which can allow you to have automated prompts uh, there's the Launch Center Pro action, and actually there's a workflow uh, link as well in the Dojo module. So uh, if you're listening to this live, definitely go over to the Dojo modules and uh, and uh, download those, those different actions, and then you can customize them from there. Uh, day one also has the reminders and templates. So you could actually have different journaling templates, and you could have those associated 
with different reminders. So you could have a different automated template in day one for morning versus uh, evening. And again, Brandon does a great job of explaining and showing how all of this stuff uh, works inside of the, uh, the Dojo module. Third tip is to keep it simple, uh, especially if you have not developed a journaling habit. Don't try to embrace all of the different prompts that I had in the, uh, in the journaling video. Like I said, I've actually scaled that back a little bit, but uh, you want to just pick something that you can stick with. Okay. So even if it's just something super simple, like what is the, the best thing that happened to you today? What is the worst thing that happened to you today? If that's where you got to start, that's fine. And then you can kind of build up your system and figure out uh, what are the things that you want to track as you, uh, as you go. Yeah, that's, I, I actually laughed uh, when I watched that video because he compared your, your template or prompts to Tan's. Uh, and Tan's was like three questions and yours was whatever it was. Uh, so yeah, simple is generally good. <laughs> yeah, I think I had something like 12 different questions. And to be honest, the way that that, uh, that, that played out uh, over time was that I didn't answer all of those questions every single day. Yeah. So like some of those questions are just space holders for things that I wanted to, to log. So one of the questions I think was, what could I have automated or delegated? And sometimes I get to the end of the day and be like, I don't know what I could automate or delegated. So I'll skip that one. Yeah. Okay. But a lot of them also, uh, they aren't just fill in the blank type things. And if you download the launch center pro action, you'll see this, like what time did I get up this morning? There's a whole bunch of options to, to pick from. And I just tap one of the buttons. So I don't have to type in, you know, I got up at 6am <laughs> in order to have that show up in my, uh, my table. So it's not as bad as it looks, but like I said, uh, going through the, the dojo module that Brandon created did cause me to rethink some things. And that's a really important piece to any system, especially journaling, I think is to recognize what's working, recognize what's not working, and then feel free to make those changes. Cool. Uh, fourth one here is to have good prompts. And so Brandon's got great examples of prompts in those videos. A couple that I'll tease out here are daily gratitude. All right. So I am grateful for, and, uh, in the, the best self journal, they do this. Uh, I really like the way they explain this because they've got essentially space for three different things. And I always thought that if I were to say, I'm grateful for three different things in the morning and the evening, I'm going to be duplicating a lot of this stuff and it's not going to feel authentic. But the way that they explained it was you can either, if, you're, if your heart is swimming over with gratitude, <laughs> you can put three different things. But otherwise, what you can do is you can pick one specific thing and tease out three different aspects of that thing that you are grateful for. So as an example, uh, just the other day I was doing this and uh, I, I put that I was grateful for my wife and I, I called out three specific things that she had done in the last day that I was grateful for. Okay. So that's a real great example. Um, and, uh, having the flexibility to do gratitude without having to follow it so rigidly, I guess, knowing that it's, it's, uh, it can be accommodated to fit essentially whatever I'm feeling. I don't have to write, you know, three separate things and I'm going to sit here and think about it until I get my third thing. Yeah. Uh, that's, that was definitely helpful. Another thing that could really help is uh, daily affirmations. Um, so I have not incorporated this into my journaling routine, but I definitely see the value of this. I know how Elrod talks about this in the Miracle Morning where he's got essentially the affirmations that he's going to recite out loud every single day. Uh, I get that. You know, you hear yourself say it and eventually you, be you believe it. Um, but I have not 
incorporated that yet. Have you done anything with affirmations, Brooks? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, it's funny you mentioned the Miracle Morning because that's when I started doing it after going through that. Uh, so yeah, I, I do have that practice as well. I don't have it as part of my journal, so I guess I was thinking of it as a different thing. But yeah, I, I do uh, I, I do do that. Yeah, this is just one of those things that I can't get to stick for some reason. And uh, and I think that, that honestly, that's the the value of the whole journaling system is that it's completely flexible. You can pick out the things that work for you and, and not do the things that don't work for you. And this is just one of those things that for whatever reason, hasn't really worked for me. Um, so daily gratitude, daily affirmations, uh, today's wins. So uh, this is built into that best self journal where you identify the things that would make today a success. Uh, and then also, if you're going to do a reflection or you're planning for your day tomorrow, you could identify the things that will make tomorrow successful. And I think that's a really important piece to the reflection is to think about the next day so you're not just caught up in what has happened, but you're constantly thinking about where you're going as well. Yeah, that's really cool. I, As part of my journaling, I, because I, I do it in the morning, uh, I say, you know, what did I do yesterday? And then what are my plans for today? So kind of the same thing in, in a way, uh, but I like the way of framing it in as wins. Mine is a bit more factual, but uh, uh, I like I like that. Like, what are the what are the awesome things that you that you did and are going to do? I think that's really cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I really like that terminology too of, of framing it as as a win, um, because essentially, like we've probably all heard in the productivity space, like just enough small wins and eventually like you'll get to your ideal future. And uh, when you frame it that way inside of your journal, it's very easy to keep scores, so to speak. You can say, well, I've, I've got a whole bunch of wins under my belt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So five tips, make your journaling experience, make the most of your journaling experience. Uh, pick a time that works for you. Automate what you can keep it simple. Have good prompts. The fifth one, which we had teased previously was review regularly. And there's a couple different ways that we recommend that you review. Uh, the first way is weekly. And I think that this is really an interesting idea. This is not something that I had done previously, but I really like the idea of building in reviewing my journal entries to my weekly review in terms of managing my productivity system. So in GTD, for example, you have to do your weekly review. If you don't do the weekly review, your system's going to get out of control. I really like the idea of incorporating going through my journaling entries for the week into that process. Yeah, that's really cool. I don't do this. I, I do review my journal. I review it. I don't do it weekly, but that's a great idea. I do it monthly. And so I kind of go back and look at my journal entries for the first month, but I don't make a review journal post or whatever. But that's actually a really cool idea is just to just to have that that weekly that weekly thing, I think that's really neat. Uh, I I also review it, and this is actually a tip I got from uh, Tan. This is years ago. He wrote uh, an email uh, just to the Asian efficiency audience, talking about his yearly review and what he does is or at least what he says he does is go back once a year <laughs> is as part of his yearly review go back and read through a whole year of of journal entries and uh so i did that uh i've done it for two years running um one of the, one of them i did it th basically it took me an entire flight 
I just sat there and flipped through my day one, uh, and it was a great way to spend a flight, actually. But it's amazing going back, even going back and reviewing last month's journal entry is is amazingly educational. But going through and reading a year's worth is unbelievable. You you f- remember things that you had completely forgotten about, uh, and it uh, you also notice patterns. You notice if you if you're if you're noticing yourself saying because one of my prompts is what could have gone better or what should you have uh, delegated. And if you notice yourself putting the same thing over and over again and answer to those things, then you realize you've got a problem. You've, you've got a pattern that you need to deal with. So the review thing is not something a lot of people think about, but it's for me, it's really key to having your journal be something actionable. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really good point. You know, I think that there's a lot of value in once a year going back and going through all of your different journaling entries, but I think that the building this into your regular review process kind of makes that a little bit stickier Yeah, because you're constantly thinking about going back and reviewing these things. It's not just a once a year type of thing. And so obviously there's the weekly review where you can kind of tease out what were your biggest wins for the week? What was the one thing you're most grateful for? You can process all of those tensions, those things that are causing you pain. Uh, You can identify what are the things that you can do to make next week easier. This is again, all part of that 12 week year planner that I, uh, I purchased. Uh, They've got one of these pages for each one of the weeks. So uh, it kind of walks you through all of this stuff. Uh, But another really important process I think is this idea of, of reviewing your journaling entries monthly. Mm-hmm. I love this idea yep. because if you were to create one journal entry per month, which summarized all of your journal entries for that month, then when you go back and you review at the end of the year, you don't have to read through every single entry. You can review these 12 monthly entries and get a glimpse of your entire year. Now, if you wanted to take an entire day or an entire transcontinental flight <laughs> to, to go through all of your journaling entries, more power to you. But I think that the the scope of what you would need to go through for that type of review process can be intimidating to some people. And so going through 12 different posts and getting a snapshot of your entire year, that's a really interesting idea. Yeah, that's cool. It's not something I had done, a, a summary post, but I think it's a really cool idea. This topic was inspired by the July Dojo training module on getting started with journaling. In this video module, Dojo member Brandon Wentland does an incredible job explaining just how journaling can help you become the best version of yourself, and he shares several resources to make getting started super easy. If you want access to the resources like the journaling workflows that we mentioned in this episode that you can install on your device with a single tap, They're all available inside the dojo. Now, the dojo is currently closed to the public, but fortunately for you, podcast listener, if you go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo, you can get access not only to the journaling module, but the entire video training library, as well as the community and the private Slack team, where you get direct access to myself, Brooks, and the rest of the Asian Efficiency team. And the best part is that you can get all of this for just $1 for your first month. And after that, it's just $29 a month, but you can cancel at any time. So if you want to join a community that can help you achieve your goals, check out the dojo today and get access to the entire journaling module 
plus the additional resources by going to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. You can also find links to everything that we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 154. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.